we today? Good. Happy Father's Day from me to all you fabulous dads and all you fabulous men out there. Um, yeah, it's a good day to celebrate. And afterwards, we're going to have a bit of healthy competition, of course. What would Father's Day be without a basketball competition? So if you think you're good at shooting hoops, then afterwards, we've got a challenge for you. So we'll see you outside. Um, yeah, so great to be with you this morning. Um, I don't know if you were here last week, but if you were, then you would have been around when me and Ben started a little bit of a talk about intimacy. Who was here last week? Okay, cool. So hopefully you might have started to think about that a little bit in your own life. And I just wanted to continue with that this morning. Um, but I'll give you a quick overview. For those of you who weren't here last week, it'll be a very brief overview of what we covered. But basically, we're looking at intimacy which is essentially vulnerability, right? The only way we can achieve intimacy is by being vulnerable with each other. And we looked at five different types of intimacy, which were physical, emotional, intellectual, spiritual, and social. So we had a look at those um, different types of intimacy and um, it was hopefully helpful and hopefully gave you something to think about. But we did say that this week we wanted to look at um, some of the barriers to intimacy because if you came to lift on Tuesday that was fantastic was anybody there yeah sorry I'm just going to ask apologies could someone just bring my cardigan on I'm really sorry my top is riding up and I don't want to be touching it the whole time so I know that's highly unprofessional it's just on my bag thank you everyone give it up for Regan because guys I'm boiling but I don't want to be distracted by pulling my top down the whole time. So sorry about that. I did plan to wear this. You can give it a woo when it's on. Thank you. So now I won't be pulling my top down so much. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, so um, at Lyft this week, Siobhan and Rach were fantastic. And they um, were sharing about some barriers to intimacy. But actually, how we can experience intimacy with God and how he really wants that. So we looked at intimacy between each other. How do we share intimacy? But then on Tuesday, we looked at intimacy with God and how he wants that with you. And so today, we're going to continue with a bit of a combo of the two. We're going to be looking at intimacy with you and friends and family and relationships. We're also gonna be looking at intimacy with God, but I wanna look at one particular barrier to that. Maybe we'll expand a little bit. Okay, but this morning, I wanted to speak to you about shame. Awkward. Shame is one of, if not the biggest barrier to us experiencing intimacy with those around us and actually experiencing intimacy with God. Because shame is the feeling or the painful feeling or experience of not having belonging or, not, or being unlovable, right? So that's a very broad explanation, but I'm sure you can identify in your life where you've experienced shame. So it might have been like, for example, <laughs> let's just go in on me, shall we? Like if I've told my children off and I've been actually like quite angry and quite, mm, is it out of character? Anyway, a bit angry, a bit, and I instantly feel like, oh, that like feel shameful about it. And I almost want to detach myself from that experience maybe sometimes detach myself from my children because I've put a barrier there of something I feel. So think about your own lives, maybe where you experience shame. 
But we're going to take a, li a little look um, at a few um, parts in the Bible, one story in particular, um, where actually Jesus gets rid of shame so that we can experience intimacy with him. And this morning, I just, I encourage you as I'm speaking, you might think, yeah, this isn't for me. I'm also going to be touching on pride. <laughs> Sorry, guys which is the opposite of shame. Please don't sit here this morning and think intimacy is not for me. I especially am glad I'm doing this on Father's Day because something I want to tell you is that intimacy and vulnerability is not weak. It actually takes so much courage to be vulnerable. And when we live in a state of not being vulnerable, actually we're not taking many risks at all. It takes vulnerability to say, like on your first date, or not first date, hopefully not first date, when you've been dating for a while, it takes courage to be the first person to say, I love you. That is like, I mean, I don't know if you've done that for the first time, but it's, you're really putting yourself out there and that creates a new level of intimacy. So not just that, but vulnerability takes courage. And um, as I'm speaking on shame, I want you to reflect on shame, but I also want you to reflect on pride. And um, I guess ask yourself, God, create, oh, uh, create a clean heart in me, oh God, and renew a, a spirit, the right spirit within me. And so that's what I want you to be thinking about as we speak. But So we're going to look at um, something in the Bible. It's in John 8, 1 to 11. Um, you can turn to it if you want. It'll probably be on screen. I'm going to be reading it from that screen, so I'm going to be looking over there. Um, but this is about the woman caught in adultery. So I'll read the story to you, and then we're going to break it down a little bit together. I'm just going to have a drink, sorry. It says, But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn he appeared again in the temple courts, where all the people gathered around him and sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded to us to stone such women. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a, an, a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let anyone who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. She actually, she probably didn't say it so cheerfully. She was probably like, no one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. Okay, so you might have heard that story before. I want you to think about this as not so much of a story. Actually think about this woman. Give her a name if you want to. This woman has made some mistakes maybe intentionally, maybe unintentionally, but either way has done some things wrong. And she's been brought out in public in front of lots of men and other people to say like, look at this woman, shame, shame on her, look at her sin. And because she's done this, this is what we should do to her. But I just want to break this down to you. So this woman was vulnerable, right? She was in a state of vulnerability. She was exposed. She was actually um, 
she didn't do it willingly, I don't think. She was dragged there, right? But she was in a state of vulnerability. And Jesus saw her. And he, first of all, he comes and he helps to remove her shame. So he says to the crowd, is, does anybody here, is, can anybody here tell me that they've never done anything wrong? Can you just let me know, like, if you're without sin, if you are perfect, if you are above um, this woman in terms of your life and the way you handle yourself and you've never made any mistakes, then, like, go ahead. Because actually we know Jesus was the only one, right, that could actually throw a stone if he wanted to. He chose not to. Um, and so they all left one by one. And so he removes the reason for her shame there. He makes a level playing field as such. But then he goes on to say to her, um, like, has anyone condemned you? Neither do I. Go and sin no more. He sees her in a most vulnerable state in a place where really she had no defense and she was pretty much guaranteed to die that day. She knew that's what was gonna happen when she got dragged there. But Jesus saw her, he accepted her and he said to her, okay, now go and change and sin no more. So what I'm not saying is that shame and sin are irrelevant, right? We make mistakes and we sin. And actually shame is a consequence. It's a feeling that can come on the back of sin or it can come on the back of a feeling that something isn't right. So shame helps us to understand something that's going on. It's not just a pointless thing. But the problem is when we allow, when we allow shame to stay with us, it's a barrier for us experiencing the freedom that God has wants us to experience and so through that woman's vulnerability through her being exposed through her being ripped apart all like just all think about your life and the things that you really feel shameful about and that might be things in your past it might be things now but things that you still hold on to maybe you've sinned or maybe you've experienced something that felt shameful to you and you hold on to that and you live with that. Imagine that just being like thrown about everywhere, but then for someone to see you and say, I see that and I still love you and I still accept you. That wasn't just the case for that woman. That is the case for you today. Jesus sees you, he knows you, and he still says, I see you and I accept you. How can you change to become better? but I see you and that shame you shouldn't carry. It's helpful for you to know that you've done something wrong, but this is how you move on. So, but in that weakness and that vulnerability, she actually experienced love and acceptance. And so that's what I wanna say is when we are trying to reach intimacy and experience intimacy, we have to go through this part of like, this is painful, this is exposing, this feels uncomfortable. But on the other side of that is, hopefully, if you're using the right spaces for it, is acceptance, it's love, it's understanding, it's challenge, it's good challenge. It's, okay, I'm gonna walk alongside you and we can work through this. And I was thinking, I was doing my cleaning on Friday. I was hoovering. Um, and I feel like God spoke to me about this part. I'd already written the message and and God was talking to me about sin and shame, right? I feel like they were together in a Bible verse or in a song. Anyway, I couldn't find it. It doesn't matter because I'm going to talk about it anyway. When we, before Jesus died, right, we had a big barrier to intimacy with God. Does anybody know what that, what that barrier was? Sin. Sin. So God sent Jesus to 
become, to break down that barrier. So he died for us to get rid of that barrier so that we can experience, experience intimacy with God. Wow, like that in itself, mind-blowing. And actually it says in Psalm 103 verse 10, we've not got it on screen, so don't be waiting for it. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far from us. So he came and he, and he did this incredible thing of breaking down this barrier that we, we rightly deserved because we're sinful, we're all sinful. He broke down that barrier to say, right, you can experience intimacy with me. I want intimacy with you. But then we go and put up a new barrier. Right, it might be shame, it might be something else. But we create, we then have this new barrier that although God has taken away the barrier of sin and he's saying, now you can experience intimacy with me, we carry these feelings of shame with us around long term. The feelings of shame that this maybe they're supposed to be there to help you to change and to do something about. But when we let shame move in with us, that is a brand new barrier that is just walking around with us. So whether that is a barrier of us experiencing um, relationship and intimacy with God or whether it's in your own lives, think about where maybe you've made a mistake, you've been forgiven, things have moved on, life carries on, doesn't it? Even though we do things wrong and we have to change and we have to learn, life still goes on, but it doesn't mean that we don't walk around dragging shame with us. In fact, you know what? Shame walks in front of us. It's a barrier. Think of it like a gate attached to you. So when you're trying to experience intimacy with those that you love, maybe those that have, you've hurt, but there's been forgiveness there, you've still got this barrier because you've not let go of the shame. And actually, I want to read this to you in Isaiah 54, verse 4. And this is um, speaking to a lady who was barren, so she couldn't have children, and she felt very shameful about it. But I want to read it to you. Think about what it says. It says, fear not, you will no longer live in shame. Don't be afraid, there is no more disgrace for you. You will no longer remember the shame of your youth. God does not want, he did not die for you to have a brand new barrier that separates you. That you separate yourself from him, that's shame. He also doesn't want you to have pride there either. So none of us are exempt from this, unless you're just like, well, I don't believe God in God anyway. Well, fine, you can be exempt. But if you believe in God this morning, if you have a relationship with Jesus, we should be looking and saying, what is, what is a barrier that I'm creating to stop me experiencing intimacy with you, God? And I want you to think about it in your relationships. So if you think about, whilst it's Father's Day, right? I thought we could look at parenting relationships or child relationships you know we 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 do make mistakes we're flawed we are not perfect and as much as we can try to do things well we often fail and it's hurtful for us it's hurtful for other people when we fail right but God's forgiven us and we've got to try and change and we've got to be better but then when we carry shame in front of us in our relationships there's a huge barrier there that can stay there for your whole life if you as a father has done, have done something in your life that you're, um, you're disappointed about or you're regretful about or you did something that you know was wrong and you've changed and you've worked on it, 
but you still, your relationship with your child is still through this barrier of shame. There's not, the intimacy is not going to get the depth that it needs to. We need to remove the barrier of shame and know that God said in, in Isaiah 54, you will no longer remember the shame of your youth. He doesn't want us to walk around carrying sin and shame, but he actually wants us to live in the freedom of being changed by him, by being seen by him and still being accept, accepted and still loved. And so I want you to think about that. Is there some relationships in your life with your children, with your parents? Is there some relationships in your, in your friendships or maybe your marriage that you carry shame from something that you've done, some mistakes that you've made? Uh, we're going to pray for some freedom from that shame this morning because I don't think that you're going to get the intimacy that you desire. Actually, the intimacy that God desires for us in our relationships and with him when we've got this um, barrier in front of us and also the barrier of pride of us thinking, actually, like, that's not for me. So that's all good. And, you know, like we're kind of we've moved on from toxic mas masculinity, like it's not a thing anymore. Right. Most of us, we don't want it around, but it still exists. But I want to tell you something. This isn't a bashing of that or for or against women's men's rights. But what I want to say is sometimes men, we might have pride as a barrier in front of us because actually it takes a lot of courage to be vulnerable. If it didn't take courage to be vulnerable, we would all do it. We would all experience amazing intimacy. We would all be like thriving in life. But actually, it can be painful and it's, it's difficult to expose this is who I am because guess what? We're scared of rejection. And we've probably experienced rejection. I'm not saying that it doesn't exist. I'm not saying that it isn't maybe behind when you move that barrier. But what I, what I want to ask you is, is it worth living behind the barrier so you never know? And I don't think it is because God wants us to live in the freedom, not to live behind bars. He, doesn't, he didn't do all those things to set us free for us to just put ourselves back in a jail. He didn't. And there's other ways we do that too. But So I want you to think about where is shame a barrier for you? Maybe in those five things we discussed last week, do you experience shame in your physical? Is there some things you've done in the past that you're really regretful of and you feel very shameful of? Or maybe things that were done to you and you feel shameful of? God does not want you to carry that barrier. There is no place for that shame in here. Emotionally, have you, done, have you experienced some things? In all of those ways, let's think about that. And I guess my final question before um, I pray for us is, uh, so shame, the description of shame. I mean, there's a fantastic woman. If you don't know about her, then I don't know why, Dr. Brene Brown. She did, she's done like a big um, study on vulnerability and shame and how they tie together. It's really fantastic. But her explanation of shame is um, the painful belief or experience of being unworthy or unloved, right? So it's either an experience, it's actually happened to you, or it's a feeling. But either way, it's painful and it's hurtful. And, and I guess my question to you is, are you worthy of being loved. If you sit with shame as your best friend this morning, there might be a reason for that because you think, actually, I'm not worthy to experience love. I'm not worthy to have a, a space here to belong. And God says, I see you. Just like that woman, she made mistakes. She'd done things wrong. And he didn't say like, okay, you're all right. Get off scot-free. Off you go. No, he said, do they condemn you? Well, they did at first, 
right? Also, it wasn't an easy ride for her. No, and then neither do I. So go and sin no more. So not go, have you, hang your head low, go and hide in a hole actually because this is going to follow you around forever because what you've done, everybody knows, you've been in a, in a market square or whatever, everyone was about to kill you. So you're not just going to walk around as no one knowing who you are anymore. You're going to have trials, you're going to have struggles, but actually I do not put shame on you because I want to set you free from that shame. And so do is do you feel worthy of being loved? And if not, then we're going to pray this morning. So um, if you want to stand with me, I just wanted to do, uh, we'll pray for a couple of things. The first thing that I want us to pray for is if you are here and you feel that you've been carrying shame um, or pride, um, this might be more difficult if you're carrying pride. If you've been carrying shame or pride around as a barrier for you experiencing intimacy, either with God, because actually we have to work things out with God a lot of the time before we can work them out with people. Until we know we're accepted by God, it's actually difficult to work it out with humans, isn't it? Because we're not as accepting. So this morning, if you feel you're carrying shame or pride, I want everybody just to uh, close your eyes because I'm going to pray. But if that's you, I want you to hold it doesn't have to be super out in front of you, but just put your arms in front of you. And I want you to hold that shame or that pride because we're going to give it, we're going to give it away. God says, I did not give you this to carry. And so, and he says, you will not carry the shame of your youth. So whether it's, we're literally talking about years ago, whether we're talking about currently, God is not asking you to carry that. So as our hands are in front, we say, Father, would you take the shame, the barriers that we have been putting in place, Father, to, to keep you away, whether intentionally or not. Father, actually, we know that you are there with open arms. You're there to lift us up when people are holding the stones. You were there when Adam and Eve were naked and they hid. You were still there. You saw them. You know us. And God, you know the pain that we carry. You know the hurt that we carry. You know the experiences that we've been through and how we still carry them. And Father, I pray that this morning you will bring freedom for all people here saying, Father, take this shame away. I no longer choose to live with this. I no longer choose to carry this. You have been forgiven for your sins. And so God says, I want intimacy with you and I want you to experience intimacy with those around you. So Father, would you break the chains of shame that are here this morning. Would you break down the pride, Father, that we maybe have built up to protect ourselves? And Father, would you fill us with courage to be vulnerable? Would you fill us with courage to experience you on a deeper level now and in the future, God? And, and when we feel those barriers of shame come back up, Father, would you help us to see them and help us to create a clean heart, Father, in you? God, I thank you that you're doing that in people's lives. And I just want to encourage you guys that this will sometimes be painful and that you need to keep saying it again, like, God, help me to remove this shame. As you acknowledge that it com it's coming back, as when you're feeling that barrier come up, you've got to say, God, help me with this again. And remember, you know, he loves you and he accepts you. But he wants you to turn away from your shame. He wants to turn, your, turn away from your sin. He wants us to repent, which means to turn away. So don't sit in the sin and think this is okay. He wants you to turn away from the sin, but actually he wants you to walk forward without the heavy burden of shame on your shoulders.
And I just want to um, pray again now just for anybody who's here this morning. Maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you haven't accepted him um, as your Lord and your Savior, the King of your life, which so many of us in here have. And actually, we live in the freedom of that because we've said, Jesus, you are on the throne. You are above it all. And if that's you this morning, you think, yeah, like I want to know Jesus. I want to come into relationship with him. Then if you just lift your hand, I'm going to pray in a minute. There's only the response team looking around right now and me because they want to give you a Bible afterwards. But if that's you this morning and you want to not only experience freedom of shame, but actually forgiveness of your sins and freedom in Christ, just raise your hand and I'm just going to pray for you now. Amen. God, we just pray for people in this room today. Maybe they don't know you in close relationship the way that you are so desperate to know them. And Father, I pray that for all of us in the room this morning, we will feel you close. We will know that you are with us. We'll know that you love us. And God, I just, I thank you so much for the freedom that you give. I pray that we will live in that, that we won't hide, we won't put ourselves into, behind barriers, God, because when we live in the freedom, we are going to see and do so many incredible things for you. We're going to experience freedom in our relationships. We're going to experience intimacy in our lives in so many areas and with you, God. And I pray that we will just always pursue intimacy with you and know that when we can come face to face to you, we are seen, we are loved, we're going to be challenged, but we're going to do incredible things for you, Jesus. Amen. Fantastic. You know, if you raised your hand this morning, if you want to find out more about um, Jesus or God and, and you've got some questions, maybe you uh, put your hand up, then our response team will come to you or you can just head over to the little corner over there afterwards and they'll be there to speak with you. But I just encourage you, don't leave this here. Sometimes we can experience things on a Sunday morning and we can feel challenged and we can feel like maybe a bit seen with what God's um, got someone saying from stage, right, about shame. But this is something that is a process and it's a journey. And maybe today is the start of that, but I encourage you to process that. And yeah, we're gonna have um, some time of worship now. And I encourage you again, come next week, we're gonna be looking at belonging and how um, we have a space and, and God's whole creation is that we all have a space to belong. And we're gonna be having the amazing meal afterwards if you didn't stay last time for Sunday feast I encourage you bring your food along it's such a gorgeous time hanging out together and I'll have the silent disco from the day before so you can also do silent disco too but we're going to worship now with the band uh, thanks so much for listening nicely